0: Welcome to the Diary of a Sales Expert podcast. My name's James White, and I'm on a mission to help business owners and sales professionals all over the world get incredible sales results. So thanks for listening, and let's get started. Hey, welcome back to the podcast, and another week has gone by. Um, By the way, I think we are going to be celebrating, this podcast is going to be our anniversary podcast. This is the first podcast of a new year. So I believe that the date uh, we we are, fifth, this is the 53rd episode of this podcast. So my podcaster Darren, is now looking inquisitively as if to say, wow, you've caused an issue for me. But no, this is, I just want to say a big thank you to everyone that's listened to the podcast over the course of the year. Um, there's a great stat of the shows. So I think it's like only 5% of podcasts get through a year. So we're now in the top 5% of podcasts worldwide. So that's a good start. And we've got lots more to do to grow and, and build this And I I thought I would do today, um, just on the podcast, a really simple um, topic, but a really important one when it comes to to sales. And that's the first call or meeting that you have with a potential client and how you should basically operate that, that, that session. And I wanted to do this because I think a few people have asked me questions as to how they should make that first call go or first meeting go. And obviously, it's a bit different if you're meeting someone than if you're on a call with them and you can't see them. But I think it's you know obviously the same principles apply really here. And if you can apply the elements of what I'm going to talk about, I think you'll have more successful conversations with people in the way you want to. So look, so let's just talk about the first call. So the first call really is, is all about making sure that you have got, um, you know, you've confirmed a date and time in the diary with someone. Yeah, you know, a lot of people sometimes will say, oh, I've booked an appointment with someone, but yet that call isn't in their diary. So one of the first things I'm going to say to you is if you are sitting here now, right now and going, I'm listening to this going, oh, right, well, I've got a call with someone booked for tomorrow, but it's not in their diary. They haven't accepted it. They haven't confirmed it. Then my question would be, is that call likely to go ahead? It may not do. And I think it's really important that you try. And my first step to this is to reconfirm the call through an email or through uh you know an outline uh, the call that is going to take place. And ideally prevent an agenda on that call. Now the agenda doesn't have to be long and complicated. It can be something simple as um, you know, 15 minutes, spend a few minutes getting to know you and your business, what you want to achieve. Uh, what your plans are for the next 12 months, et cetera, et cetera. Or to share, you know, to share two insights that could be valuable. If you've agreed to have a call to share some insights, get to know you a bit more about your situation and then share insights that will be useful. So what we want to be able to do is reconfirm the call and ensure that we've added that information into the agenda and the agenda details into the call details that's in their diary. And again, you know, most people nowadays, some people don't, some people obviously use manual paper diaries, but most people are now using online diaries and one of the techniques that i will always use with people is if i'm trying to book an appointment i will at the end of the call say look i'm going to send you an invitation for 3 p.m on thursday can you just check that's come through to you and if you're okay to confirm that i'll then make sure i update the agenda with you um, for the of that time and what i'll also then do is i'll send you a reminder just so you know that call is going to take place now some people say don't confirm the reconfirm the call because that gives people the ability to opt out but if you've done the first engagement in the right way and they want to have that conversation with you because they're intrigued about what it is you offer and you've created some curiosity, then they should be open to wanting to have that, that call still. So I personally would still do that. I think it shows respect. And I think it shows that you value your own time as well and that you're not just sort of subservient to them. If they decide to cancel, that's fine. You can try and rearrange it. If they decide they get a, you know gonna, continue to cancel it, then you can maybe address that issue. But that's the first thing I would do is reconfirm the call the agenda. So point number two is what I would do is I would try and identify a bit more of a person and the type of person that you're looking to engage with. So I've done a podcast on uh, in the past related to the types of people. And one of the best books that I encourage people to use for this is, is a book called Surrounded by Idiots by Thomas Erickson. And what that book shows is that um, there are different types of people. So reds, blues, greens, and yellows. And the the nature of different people are that reds are you know a bit more demanding, a bit more macho let's call it they more focused on the task they're driven and want to get things done quickly whereas you know they're quite outgoing they just want to say what they say you know donald trump is a classic red where you might get a blue person who is much more still task focused but focused on the detail so an example of a blue person would be someone like bill gates Uh, an example of a yellow person which tends to be sort of more you know people based people with someone like richard branson who is you know very much a uh, you know a, a, a charming sort of charismatic person they believe in people but they're about getting things done but they, they, they care about people and their, and their feelings and then you've got green people who are you know 50% of the world tend to be green Who are the everyday people that don't like too much change that are just really great solid run in the mill people Michelle Obama is a good example of, of someone like that great support people and great people to have in your team so if you can, once you've had, you know, have a little look at the person, if you've had a look at if they've got any online materials, even in that first conversation you had, try and identify a bit more about that person. The reason that's important is because if you're engaging with someone that's red, then the reality is they're going to want to come, you know, cut out the small talk and get down to business quite quickly. Whereas if you're engaging with someone that's yellow, they're going to want to build rapport with you, and, and that's going to be maybe the first part of the conversation. So uh, point number three is, the, the, using the first part of the meeting once you've sort of set an agenda is to sort of if you like try and outline a little bit around sort of you know what's going on in the world as you see it but to try and find out what's going on in their world so a great way i always often will sort of do that will be i might start a call by saying look, really great to have a conversation with you i'm talking to a lot of people similar to yourself in the role that you've got and they're facing challenges with this this and this we're helping them solve those challenges but tell me a bit about you so what that does is it tries to sort of um, uh, show early on to the product to the, the other person that you get their world and you've built some credibility with them, but that you then and, and we should do this in literally no more than you know thirty seconds to a minute, but it shows that you understand their world, that you're that that time is going to be valuable for them, that you get what's going on in their scenario, you get their market, you get their their world itself, and. At that point, what I'd also at the end of that would do is I would say, look, I want to, understand, you know, really want to, um, you know, get to know more about you. Look, tell me what the things are that you'd like to gain from this call. We've got fifteen minutes. We've got thirty minutes. What are the key things that will make this a really useful, you know, valuable use of your time? So that you know, I can talk about lots of different stuff, but what would make it valuable for you? And what you what you want to be able to do is make sure you've gained that clarity, and hopefully they'll say, uh, I'm keen to know this and this, and this. And what I would then do is say, great, fantastic, really happy to go through all of these elements with you. But just so I can understand, you mentioned A. Talk to me a bit more about A and what makes that so critical for you. What's driving your thoughts there? And so I'm trying to, like, probe, even at the early stages, to find out what's, what's of interest to that person. And the reason being is because I want to make sure I'm sharing information that's relevant and valuable for them. So I will try and clarify what they want to gain from from the call, and then I will really just sort of dig into, into, into that part of the process if I can to make sure and then I'll write it down. I will definitely take a notebook. I think people that don't have notebooks and write stuff down in calls. I worry about that. I really do because you should have you know, notes unless you're, you know even if you've got an AI tool that covers notes for you, just showing you've written down some key points is a good thing to be able to see what that, what that other person is is, is doing. So, I would be able to you know to be in a position where you 've clarified it with them, but the other key thing ahead of that call is make sure you 've done a bit of research and you know a bit about them where you can obviously, in some cases, if that person um, is is not, they haven't got public information, then you can't research them, but maybe you can research their company. But know a bit about them. Oh, I see you recently, you guys won an award, or I saw oh. you guys in the party you know, last week, you, you shared a new article. I saw that, it was really interesting. Just make sure that they know that you've done a bit of research into them. You don't want to be spooky and, and and stalky with them and say, oh, I saw you know two weeks ago you went out for dinner. That's going to freak them out. But you want to show that you've made them feel special and that you've put an interest in them. And that you've been really clear about what it is that you know that they're doing, and hopefully that's going to enable them to build some rapport with you because they think that you've treated them as an the individual, not just as another number on your sales list to call. So the next part of the conversation is always around then around listening um, more and, rather than talking. Stats from Gong, from a Lego, they show all the way through that if you talk, those salespeople that talk less will get. Um, better results when it comes to conversations with, with buyers and so what i would be looking to do is to be asking not just any old question i have a series of questions outlined that i'm going to use to ask to find out what's going on in the world of the other person and i generally use this model called lapse which is listen ask probe and summarize as I'll, as I'll talk about at the moment and it's the ask and probe in part that i think is critical in this environment So I would might ask questions such as, I'm seeing a lot of people in this industry, you know, deal this challenge in this way. How is that affecting you? Although then if they say, well, it's caused us some concerns, what concerns is it causing you? So I will listen, I will probe, and I'll be asking questions, information of the person to try and, if you like, you know, gain as much information from that conversation as I can. Now, as I mentioned at the start, if you're dealing with someone, for example, that's a blue type of person, then you might actually find that they're harder work to communicate with. They're a bit more closed. They're a bit more. They're not people driven. So I actually, try, you know, These are the people that can sometimes be like getting blood out of a stone. So you know, you've got to make sure that you're prepared with a couple. As if they're not giving you much information, look. I, I want to understand you and what's driving you guys. Talk me through what, what's happening. And the more I understand, the more I can see if I can I can help or, or not. So I'll be asking those questions to get to know them. And what I also would be doing, and I may be even doing this at the early part of the conversation, is make sure that you also give the buyer an exit clause. Now, what do I mean by an exit clause? I'll often go into conversations with people and I'll say to them, Hey, look, I'm really excited about getting to know a bit more about you. And if it turns out that we can, you know, there's an opportunity for us to carry on the conversation, great. Uh, if it's not, and, you know, it doesn't seem like there's a fit, no worries. We've, we've only lost 15 minutes of time. And what that does is a, it frames the conversation as to where I want to take it to hopefully to another discussion. But more importantly what it's also done is said to the buyer, I'm not just going to push my services down their throat. we're going to have an open conversation if it can work great and if it can't hey no worries it's one of those things So make sure that you' you're, you're, you're trying to give them that exit clause I call it the pressure valve the rele- you know release the sales pressure valve it will help immensely in making that person feel that like they want to be more open to you and, and talk through what they what they're actually thinking and feeling at the time. So if you've done your research around the company um, and you've gone into some details around it, obviously if you've set, another good thing to do certainly at the time of the meeting, at the start of the meeting is to set a parameters for the call. So if you've set 15 minutes or half hour, keep an eye on on your watch, have a look, you know, are you 30 minutes in? If you're starting to feel that, you know, you've got a 30 minute call and 20 minutes in, you've got, you're covering lots of great ground and you feel this is a great conversation, then just say to the prospect, look, I'm conscious that we we had 30 minutes to sign for this. Are you okay if we are able to stay along for a bit longer? Um, Because hopefully if they're enjoying the conversation, they're going to want to carry it on. And if you can, great, don't end the call there and then. Or they might say, no, I have got to go, but can we really, well, you might say I've got to go because I've got got another meeting, but let's carry on the conversation because it's really useful to find out what you guys are doing and I want to help you do X, Y, and Z. So we want to be in a position where we're probing and digging into their world. And I do put in, you know, have in place this set list of questions that you want to have in front of you that you can use. Have these questions so that you can start to probe and dig in into into what's going on. and But, but also be really clear about you know, what it is that you're trying to gain from these conversations. Every call, every sales meeting you should have should always have a, what's the purpose of the next year, you know, the next stage going to be? And if it's a, Business like this, it may well be that the next stage is another meeting, for example, or a demo, or a, a further conversation, or another more detailed conversation, or a face-to-face meeting. I don't know. So always be clear about what it is that the goal is that you're trying to go into this meeting with, and utilise the questions and the information to to get to that point. And- now, find a couple of final points to, as we finish off this part here. One of the things that people will talk to me a lot about as well is they, they'll they'll say to, to me, oh, well, I just want to find out a bit more about your company. And what that happens, and a lot of salespeople, unfortunately, when that happens, what they tend to do is see that as being a carte blanche to sell and talk about their company. Now, in first cause, I generally don't talk a lot about what I do or my company does. I will make the first focus of, focus of those first calls all about the other person, the buyer, what's going on in their world. So I will make that call focused on them and not on me. And the reason being is because I think it's a bit of a trap. When someone says to you, oh, well, I want to, can you, can you tell me a bit more about your company? I think it's a trap. I don't actually think they want to know what's going on about your company, but they think that's the, they've got something in their mind that they're thinking as to whether you could help them with. But when they, they ask that question, amateur salespeople then go into, oh, this is what we are, what we do, and blah, 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 blah. Whereas experts will say, look, there's lots of information I can share about who we are and what we do. Well you know, what would be the most useful things you'd like to know? Or what can I share with you that would be helpful? I can talk for hours about my company, but I don't want to bore you. What's, what's key for you? So what they'll do is they'll define and they'll not fall into the trap of then talking about themselves and their company for ages, thinking that that's what the other person wants to hear. They'll be savvy enough to ask the right question to, to get to that point. So there are a couple of final things to finish off with on the end of a call. What I would generally do towards the end of a session, if you know you've got a time set for it, is I would look to back to go back, as I mentioned, to summarise the call. So what I would look to do is I'd say to someone that I've really enjoyed chatting with you today, Bob, and, and we've had a great conversation. And what I've taken from our conversation is this: you've got a concern in this area, you've currently got this in place, you're looking to do this. This is the situation here. This and this and this. Have I summarised that correctly? Have I missed? Or you could say, have I missed anything? And what will happen is the buyer or the potential buyer will say, no, no, that's exactly where we're at. That's exactly the conversation that we've got in place. You know, yeah, that's exactly what I thought. Great. And then I will generally say to someone, great, we've done enough sunrise. great. What, what would you like to do next? You know, what, what, would, be, what would be a good thing for you to do? Or, or how would you feel about, you know, booking up another conversation next week to carry on our discussion and see if we can provide some, some insights to help you with that or some ideas to help? And if the buyer has loved the the conversation and they focused on them and you've understood their issues and you're trying to provide some solutions to that, they should be open to having that carrying on that conversation. Now, you might have mentioned in an email to them that you were going to send them some documents or a research article or a guide or an image or something that you've used in the past. So summarise that in the actions. What I've taken for today is I'm going to send you this, this and this and following our conversation, we'll then um, catch up next week or in two weeks time to go through the next stages. And the final thing I want you to be able to do is to confirm and reconfirm a date for the next call. I don't think any meeting with a buyer or a potential prospect or a lead should be left without there being a next definitive date and time for the action. So, what I would be saying to a buyer is, I really enjoyed our conversation, Bob. So, um, you, you've asked me to send you this and this information, which I'll do that. What I'm going to like, what I'd like to do is arrange a follow on call conversation with you, let's say next Thursday at 3 p.m. So, I can share a bit more of that information and we can go through a few bits more uh, that you mentioned that can be, be helpful. How, how would that feel for you? And what, what you'll do is, when you do that, you'll get the other person say, Great, sounds great. Let's get it in the diary. And you can put that date in the diary or if it's not to be the case um, you know if, they, if they, they are a bit hesitant around booking up that session then maybe it's something for you to then sort of yeah, re-qualify with them you know a sense that you know you're not comfortable to move forward tell me what you're really thinking so you can ask an honest question it may well be that you thought it's gone in a really good way but they've thought something different so look those are the things that I would suggest to do as a uh, as as a as a reconfirm a date and time for the next call and if they say yeah it's great to do that send the invitation on there and then and if it's the first call and you've not got their contact details another simple little trick that you can use or tip you can use is to say look great that we managed to speak Uh, I know I've got your email address which is bob at bob.com and your telephone number is this but what's the best mobile number to contact you on so that I can make sure if we don't get in contact uh, I can give you a call um, or if you, if you're not able to make it next week, then we can rearrange. And what someone will do is if they build up an affinity with you, they're more likely to then want to then share their mobile number. And if you've got a mobile number, then it means you've got the ability to then engage with them <laughs> in the future. So look, I, I, I think those are the things that, that I would be doing in a first call. These are the, the things that I think are um, that are critical now uh, for that first call. This is the steps that I take in my first call. I'm actually going to be doing a, a YouTube video on a on a call I'm doing with a potential buyer to show you how I approach and drink my own champagne. It's how I use it, and I use that call to qualify and to see whether actually, you know, is, is it, what I'm doing is giving me the results that I want. But those are the the, the things that I do on a first call. And I think if you apply these principles on a first call with a potential buyer, then you're going to be in a far better position um, than, yeah, literally to, to, to make an impact from there. So, try that, see how you get on. As I mentioned, this is the, um, the first edition of the, or uh, first anniversary edition of the podcast. So, I thought I'd go with a basic sales on how to make that first call to go a success. Um, let me know how you get on. Let me know what struggles and challenges you face with these first calls. Put it in the comments section. Love to help out with that. If there's things that, that you need that uh, I can help you with, then, then let me know. But look, I think these are, this is what I would definitely do to, to make that first call go successfully. And if you do apply these elements, then I think you'd be in great shape. So look, I wanted just to finish off, as I always do, with an inspirational story. And um, I wanted just to do a story of a guy called Dan Farrow. Dan um, rode 100 miles on a bike in, in May a couple of years ago, um, raising more than £6,000 uh, 6, for breast cancer. And he rode 100 miles in five hours and 36 minutes, which is very good going. Incredible going. I've done 100 miles. I didn't do in that time at all. And he did that because he'd recently seen three people that had diagnosed with breast cancer and he wanted to make a difference. Um, and it was a really, the reason I've brought Dan's story, and you might think, well, why is that a special story? The reason being is Dan sort of said he didn't just want to say story, he wanted to actually do something. And I think we all are often guilty of seeing situations and things happen and think, oh, well, don't we feel sorry about that? What actually Dan did was say, no, I, I want to change that. And he actually decided to do something about it and, and take something into his own hands and do a challenge that was a tough challenge to to help deal with the situation. So I think the inspiration that I take from that is talk is cheap, but it's doing things that make a difference. So the question is, is what are the things that you're doing that can be the, the factors of the things that can help make a difference in other people's lives and what can you do to inspire one person to, to just do something different if we can all continue to inspire people with great stories like that we're going to leave better lives and uh, achieve what we want to so Look, that's it from me on uh, this video um, and this podcast, I should say. Uh, I hope you found it useful. It's the first, as I said, congratulations um, on us, on to my team, to Abby, uh, my marketing manager, to Darren, my podcast uh, producer. I I wouldn't be able to run and do the podcast without these people. They're they're fantastic people that achieve great things to to help me or do great things to help achieve success for me but I am really grateful more importantly to you as my listeners. Um, as I say, we're now seeing the podcast being downloaded hundreds of times per month, and I want to grow that to thousands. I want to help reach more people and I want to help more people around the world achieve success and achieve the results they want to from a sales perspective. I was talking to someone the other day who, um, who kindly said to me that he'd been listening to my podcast and it helped change his life and, uh, and change the way he operated. And, um, that's why i do what i do i want to get more stories of people like that so if you have got a story to share if you love the podcast please reach out to me on social media uh, james white sales any 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 social link let's uh, get in contact i'd love to know how the podcast helping you and if there's other stuff i can sh- share and cover but thanks again for listening and um have a brilliant week and i'll see you next week take care so thank you so much for listening to this episode i hope you've enjoyed if you have please subscribe to the podcast it helps us ensure more people can get the insights and ideas they need to get incredible sales results. Look forward to seeing you on the next episode.